and welcome to El Government of the Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Abdullah, and with me today is... Introduce yourself, good sir. Ah, Keith Silberstein. Hello. You're in everything, so I'm not going to bother doing the... You might know him from whatever, because he's in everything. That's not true. That's not true. I, I promise you... There are plenty of things that I see, you know, colleagues of mine posting about that I'm like, hey, <laughs> I didn't even audition for that. That looks cool. So there's there's plenty of stuff I'm not in. I mean, you say that, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have multiple names, multiple identities. Now, I, work, um, I do work on everything. Who you might know from Genshin Impact transformers batman and pretty much any anime that comes out these days it's like oh there's keith just hanging out i I like to keep busy if possible i kind of you know uh when it's when it's good (laughs) i try to work as much as possible uh and you know i fear for that that year that inevitable year where everything just stops uh i guess it's not inevitable but that possibility that's that's my fear so uh so I just try to keep busy and uh, and be smart, so that uh, if that happens, I will I will still be able to function for a year or whatever it takes. No, it's funny because I remember you know five years ago, like the biggest thing you were in was Overwatch, and Come I remember get your armor. yeah, and I remember at a time thinking you know was there ever going to be a game that's going to be as big as Overwatch, and then right. you know wait until twenty twenty, and then the little game called Genshin Impact drops, and suddenly well, every suddenly every single person who is in that game becomes like a huge like celebrity i guess is is the term cuz uh oh boy that game that yeah, that game it's is pretty, it's pretty crazy that snuck up on it definitely snuck up on me for sure i mean i i guess most games that have a huge popularity you know they do they tend to sneak up on you cuz you can never expect that and i think 99 out of 100 times that you expect, like, oh, this game's going to blow up. It's going to be insane. You're just going to be wrong <laughs> because you can't really predict it, I think, at least. Uh, what, are you, what are you talking about, man? You know, that G.I. Joe game was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you never know. You never know. So, I mean, yeah, I guess you, you could probably guess which ones are not going to blow up. Like, you'd probably be right more often doing that. Because, you know, there are signs when you're working on a, a game or something. Um, but even the ones that you think you think are sure things. I mean, if you're talking about Overwatch, Genshin, you're talking about that kind of blow up. And so even working on a Halo game, the games are hugely popular. Um, but you know what? But how much does that set you apart? Does that make sense? Like, the, yeah, of course. A, a game like that's going to be huge. Gears of War, all that stuff. But uh, and I work on a lot of great games and great series um, that are huge or hugely popular. But only certain games like affect like people, you know, acknowledging who you are or your performance in it. That that doesn't seem to happen as often that it filters down to the actors. Well, yeah, but I think that, you know, it, it's a weird phenomenon because we're in an age where nothing is secret anymore. Like anyone can like t- pull out their phone and look up anything that they want to look up. And True. do you know, do you ever get worried about, Will there ever come a point in time where we where nothing is like private anymore? Well, I mean, if that ever happens, I mean, we're at, we would all be in it together, right? So, you know, I'm not going to be the prime target of nothing being private anymore. I mean, there are huge, 
you know, A-list celebrities out there that would be the first targets for that. And, you know, if that happens, I mean, we're all going to be out there. So I just, you know, I, I feel safe in the sense that there's no way I'm going to be singled out with, <laughs> with, that, with that kind of thing. Let's find out what Keith's doing all the time. No, but it's also interesting because, you know, I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but if you look back, you know, to your earlier career, no one knew what you were working on back then, like back in the 2000s or whatever, because it's like social right, media yeah. wasn't a thing. But True. now it's like everyone knows what you're working on all the time. Yeah. And that is like crazy to me. I don't know how anyone can deal with that, like constantly knowing that you know, what, what project you're currently working on and what project you're not working on. I I don't know how anyone could deal with that type of pressure. Yeah. It's really, it's very different because, you know, when I got started, cause I got started around 2000, you know, right around there. And uh, it was very, I mean, the entire world of voiceover was different. It wasn't even that, that long ago, but in the sense that, um, you know, they, they didn't publicize voice actors and things. I mean, you could find it out, but it wasn't like nowadays you play, you pick up a game, gate, Genshin Impact says in the game that I'm the voice of Zhang Li. You know what I mean? Like you, you can get that within the game. Um, that's kind of a new thing. Conventions and things like Cameo and Streamily, like that wasn't a big, that wasn't even a part of it. I mean, you might do a convention appearance, but it wasn't something you would be like, oh, cool. This, you know, this will, you know, help augment, you know, the, the, you know, my, my finances this year. It wasn't a real thing, if that makes sense. It was just a way to reach out to the fans, uh, you know, get a little recognition and meet people. And, and it was just that. And now if I were getting in the, into the industry right now, that would definitely be part, you know, that would be something in my sights, which I'm sure it is for everyone who gets in now. They're like, oh, I want to do cons and I want to do signings. And I want, you know, because that's now part of it. But it was just honestly... Well, for me, just really the love of just the, just the acting itself and just uh, and my personal love for pop culture, loving anime and loving video games and growing up with all that and wanting to be a part of it. I mean, that was the core. I mean, it still is the core for me. Um, but it's just interesting because I think about people getting started even in the last five, 10 years. You know, they have all these other things in their sights and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I don't know. It's just it's kind of a weird thing. because It's such a different industry now for the voice actor. Yeah, no, um, it, it's, it's so weird to me that like people who, who aren't like, who don't play like a lot of video games who just play like one video game, like Genshin Impact, say, for example, mm-hmm. they know everything there is to know about that game. Like they know who's right. playing who, they know like what type of where to go to get the best loot or whatever. And I'm just like, that's amazing. <laughs> like that, that is right. Like, you know, because I grew up during an era where, you know, video games are just like the, the, the throwaway thing you just did when, you, you know, you wanted to play something to pass the time. But now you, sure. you're having these, you know, conversations and people are writing essays about certain characters from video games. And I'm just like, how far <laughs> we've come, really? Well, yeah, and professional gamers in leagues. I mean, come on, that was... I mean, there were competitions as far back as, you know, Pac-Man and Donkey Kong, but it wasn't something you could do as a career. It was just like, hey, they're doing a competition in my town. Maybe I'll win. Cool. I won $200. Move on. Rest of your year, you know, you're not getting paid the game at all. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's and, and, the, and, the, and the gamers are celebrities, too. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And so are streamers. It's, so everything that's come up around games, it's nice to see that. I'm hoping some of that recognition starts falling on the designers and uh, the directors and 
you know, the writers, you know, like everyone eventually. I'm really hoping that it expands. I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't, but it would be nice, you know. Yeah, that's that's sort of a weird thing where, you know, you get all these voice actors, you know, at these conventions. And I think it was like Wally Burr, who was a famous uh, voice voiceover director, directed a lot of 80s cartoons. He said the question mm -hmm. like, you know, why? Why do you people always get voice actors? Why aren't you getting like writers and directors and all these other people who, yeah. you know, <clears throat> who are, who who helped create, who helped mold those shows? Because at the end of the day, voice actors are just actors. They have no say in how the story goes and what they, what type of dialogue they have to work with. Right. Yeah. No. And we come in, you know, really at the end of most projects. I mean, depending on what the project is. Uh, sometimes it's the beginning, but the point is we spend a minuscule amount of time working on whatever game or show compared to the writers, the directors, the you know designers of the games, you know the artists, the animators, you know all of them. They they put in far more time, uh, you know, on on every every project than we do. So uh, you know they deserve mad credit, absolutely. And I, I hope I hope that comes away. I mean, I get it though in the sense that. Um, you know, the fans are, you know, they like a particular character and, uh, you know, and we're as close to being that character as they're going to find, right? Because we're the voice of that character. There's no, that character doesn't actually exist. It's, it's you know, it's made up of pixels. But, uh, you know, so I get it that that's why they gravitate towards the actors if they love that character. Um, but someone also wrote the dialogue for that character and that's a huge part of that character too. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully at some point, the others will will get the due that they deserve, you know, get their credit. That's why I like following like storyboard artists and um, writers on Twitter, just seeing the creative process. Because, you know, as much as I have my gripes with social media, like there is no place you can just go to to be like, okay, I want to see like the behind the scenes the aspect of of all these shows because, you know, that doesn't exist anymore. So it's like. Mm -hmm. it, it is nice to see artists and writers like post like scripts and and like concept art of, of of all the shows that they're working on because I find that stuff fascinating. Yeah, yeah. No, I do too. I do too. Instagram's great for artists. I follow a large number of artists on Instagram. Just be. I, I realized that early on. I was like, oh man, you know, it's okay for what I do, but for these artists and photographers, it's like, oh my god, that's like the perfect, perfect app for them. It's the best. And, um, do you, you know, speaking of art, you know, have you ever commissioned artists for prints? Oh, I definitely have. And I've, I've, I think I'm a little bit, I'm getting a little addicted to it. <laughs> I, I've enjoyed it so much. It's so fun. You know, just when you find an artist or even searching online, I've even done some Twitter, like just requested, like just said, Hey, everybody, if you've got some advice, anybody you want to recommend for me, please send them my way. And I've got a, a really, I got a really good response from the Twitter community. And I've just found a number of artists now. So now I offer some, some artwork, uh, you know, some prints for signing that I'm, I'm really proud of. And, you know, I try to, you know, promote the artists as much as I can. And I, I it's, it just made me feel part of that community a little more than before I was doing that, you know, just something about, you know, supporting them, they're supporting us. We're all, you know, we're all in it together. And, the circle of life. Oh, wait, no, that's, that's something else. But it's it's like that. And um, how much, like, what was the most expensive commission you've gotten? Oh, I'm not going to say what my prices are. <laughs> uh, but I do find that it, it, it varies. 
And it's interesting because, you know, you also have to factor in um, who the character is and the amount of popularity and kind of predict um, whether it'll be, whether it will sell basically. Does that make sense? You have some characters that people are always like, Oh my God, you got to do, please do this character, please this character. Um, And then if you spend a whole bunch of money and you commission something and like nobody really buys it, you're like, Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it was good that I supported an artist that I like and all that stuff, but you know, it may not have been the best financial decision. So you got to, you know, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. You got to kind of factor in what the price is versus, you know, is this for, you know, a huge character right now? Is this for a character from 10 years ago, but that people still every now and then pick something up from, but it, it does feel good to be connected with that artist community in that sense. Um, you know, and supporting them literally financially, but also, you know, promoting and, and getting their artwork out there and stuff. And, uh, and everything I do, whenever I do a commission, I don't know what other people do, but I always like the contract that I have allows them to still use their artwork. I just, I don't know. I don't know if everybody does that or not, but I don't have a thing where it's like, you can't use this artwork. Like if you do a book of all your art, you can't use this because I own it. So uh, I always make sure that they have, you know, still have the rights and that I only can sell uh, autographed copies. That's the only purpose I can use it for, or for advertising, but I can't, I can't print up posters and go here, I'm selling posters. Here you go. <clears throat> so I always, you know, make sure on my own that that's all covered so that they have their rights. Cause some of the artists are very experienced with doing commissions and, and others are not. And I never want to take advantage of anyone. So if they're like, Oh, I wish I could, you know, make, put a book out with this artwork. It's like, yeah, you can, because you know, the contract we did, you know, uh, specifically says you still own the rights to this. I just have the rights to do it for one particular thing, you know, forever, but, but just for that. Well, yeah, because, you know, you don't want to get caught selling like Transformers merchandise because then Hasbro is going to be like, uh, Keith, uh, we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the reason i mean that's another part of the reason that i do that i mean because obviously it's i'm only signing it with autographs i i know very well that i don't own these characters so if if i'm guilty of just selling posters or toys or something you know or shirts or something that's just got the character on it um you know that's not something i have the rights to sell so uh so i i try my best not to step on anyone's toes and hopefully you know other people in my position are doing the same thing so that these companies are are you know cool with it um but yeah you know and all the all the companies are are different you know some companies seem to lean towards like we want you to stay on model and we would rather you used um official artwork for prints and other companies are like oh no no you cannot use the official artwork you know but it's okay to get an artist's interpretation you know what i mean so it's everybody's different there's no even <laughs> like for sure hey you're safe if you do this because you're, you're you're trying not to ruffle any feathers you're trying to make the fans happy um you know and, and not step on any toes. And, and hopefully I'm achieving that. And hopefully, uh, hopefully a lot of other actors are too. I don't know what everybody else does. So honestly, I'm just <laughs> talking about what I do and maybe they're listening going, Whoa, I totally don't do that. Maybe they do something better. If so, let me know. Let me know if you've got some better ideas that I had, I don't know of yet. And you bring up a good point in that, you know, what type of character sell depends on popularity. So, mm-hmm. and 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 each person you talk to, they're going to have like a different character that that uh, that's not very popular, but means the world to them, and they want like a representation of that. So it becomes sure. difficult of making that person happy because it's like, you know, you can have someone asking like, uh, 
uh, uh, commission or a picture of um, N from Doro Hidoro, mm-hmm. and yeah. that character isn't really that popular, but you know, I liked him, and I'm like, I want you know a representation right. of that character, but it's like, well, he's not very popular, and he doesn't sell. So it's like, you know, if I make one print, I need to make like X amount of prints. So, right. Know. It has to do, it has to do with who you're, you know what I mean? It's, it's just a price thing. So if you're getting the most expensive artist, cause you really, really love that artist or you want them for that character, ideally <clears throat> that character is a popular character that will sell because it makes sense. Now this has nothing to do with the quality of art. Cause every artist have different, you know, they price themselves differently depending on where they're at in their careers and, and how busy they are and all kinds, whatever factors they want. They have every right. It's their art. They're incredibly talented. So they're going to charge whatever they're going to charge. Um, but you can't take that care. Like I can't take the character that I just love, but no one's ever going to buy. Or I, I could, but I shouldn't. And get the most expensive print done because I'm just going to sit on, you know, you know, 500 of these prints are just going to sit there. <laughs> and I paid the artist and I've, I've bought all these, you know, prints now. So, you know, you got you to gotta be smart about it. And I know people request a lot of characters, but that's why I can't just suddenly go, here's 40 new characters that I didn't have, you know. But I, but I am enjoying it, and I'm, I'm slowly bringing more and more of them. I try to, like, if I have a good signing, I try to turn some of that right back around and give something else to the fans who've been requesting a particular character. So I, so I do try to do that. I just can't just go, you know. There's probably another 15 to 20 characters right now that I don't have the representation print wise that I want for them, but I can't just, you know, commission 20 pieces of art right now. You know what I mean? And it just, it just doesn't make sense. So I got to do it, you know, one or two at a time. Cause I'm a huge transformers fan and I'm, and I was kind of disappointed. You didn't have any Jetfire. <laughs> I do have prints. Jetfire, my friend. <laughs> Did I you? Cause like the last time I checked, you didn't have, Oh, uh, <laughs> I've had Jetfire for over a, a year. I've, I've had a print, so I don't know. I don't know when you check last, but I do have something representing because there's a lot of there's a lot of Transformers fans, so I do have something for that. That's one of those that's that uh, moves mildly or slowly. I guess I should probably say slowly, but it's nice when people are, you know, excited like, "Oh my God, you have this!" You know. Well, yeah, and um, and uh, do you have any God Goey? Prince, he, he was great. Goey. Uh, no, Panda, whatever his name was. Goheen. 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 I wasn't sure. Listen, I, there's a lot of shows. So I'm like, just because you say somebody, I don't know who it is. I'm not like, you're saying it wrong. I'm like, oh, uh, who is that? Because I've forgotten. Uh, yeah, yeah. I do have something representing him. Beastars is, is pretty popular. Because I really like that character. And um, even though he is kind of, he kind of goes uh, a little overboard in season two. He's still entertaining. <laughs> the name's not Panda. It's Goheen. Yeah, he's fun. I like him. Vegetarian through and through. Yep. Yeah. Um, out of all the roles that you've done, which one surprised you the most in terms of popularity? Which one surprises me the most? Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I think the one that surprises me the most... And I don't mean this in the way like it shouldn't be popular. I don't have one that is popular that I don't think should be. But um, I think the one that surprises me is Mondo Awada from Danganronpa. Because I worked on this game called Trigger Happy Havoc, I mean, forever ago. And I probably spent a whole two hours with this character. Um, 
And it just became like a cult classic character. Uh, people love the game. Uh, they did an anime later, I, which I, in which I did not reprise the, the voice. Uh, it, that was done in Texas. Um, and then they did a semi recently, a few years back, they did a sequel to the game. And I think there were some flashbacks or something. So I was able to return. But the popularity of that character, like he's probably like my maybe fifth most popular character on, let's say, Cameo. Um, and I finally got at least some kind of prints. So I'm probably going to work on something else because the fans were legit. And for a lot of people, that's I get all these uh, cameo requests like that's my comfort character. You know, that character makes me feel good. And, and I, I just love him. And he stands for this to me and he stands for that. And and it just surprises me in the sense that I, I didn't spend a lot of time with that character. It's not like I did 10 games. Like I understand people who've put in, you know, 7,000 hours on Overwatch or have seen the entire Hunter Hunter series or all 100 episodes so far of Miraculous. Like those things, they seem to make sense. So I'm like, yeah, I get it that there's certain people are going to be like, oh my God, I love this character. This character is my childhood or in my favorite, you know, from this or even putting in 70 hours on Persona 5. I'm like, heck, I get it. You know, but this game from like 10 years ago, it's, it's that I spent two hours on that. That always surprised me. And uh, and it was also a, a lesson to me, although it wasn't it wasn't a lesson because I didn't adhere to it in the first place. But it was a reminder, I should say, because here's something I got and was thrown at me and I did it. And of course, I, I try to always put in my all. But you like never know. And I use that as an example of like, you know what? So if I ever get something and I'm like, I don't know, this is just some some little game. Eh, you know what I mean? Don't ever let that seep into your performance or your attitude about that because you never know how many people are going to be like that's my favorite game or that's my favorite show of all time um now granted i always try to you know i always try to give my all but i mean we're all human so you could have a long day and whatever so i always try to that's one of the things i remember if i'm feeling a little like ah what is this crap we're working on today like in my head you know what i mean i immediately go you know what you know People have already spent years probably designing this, writing this, doing all that on it. Um, give it your all and somebody's going to be somebody's favorite. And that's enough for me. Now, you play a lot of villains. Do you ever feel like you get typecast as villains a lot? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I, um, um, I cannot complain. First off, I love playing villains. Um, I've played a number of different villains. I mean, different styles of villains and uh, different types of evil. Uh, so I've been lucky. And I don't think as, an, as a voice actor, I've been too stereotyped. I think I've had a lot of freedom. I've been entrusted with a number of characters that kind of break the common molds um, or at least break the molds of my career. And I was, I was fortunate enough to do that early enough in my career that I think a number of studios will sometimes throw things my way when they're, they're not quite sure what they want. I play a lot of quirky, different characters. So, uh, so I like playing villains. And if I just played villains, that would be cool. But, but you know what? I, I, I really do feel like I have enough opportunity uh, to, to play other roles. So, you know, I still, you know, I play plenty of heroes and quirky best friends and I play wild, crazy old men and um, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of stuff. So, so it's cool. No, because I, I notice a lot that, you know, you always end up playing either like villains or morally ambiguous characters. And dads. I play a whole bunch of, oh, come here, sweetheart. What's going on? What's happening at school? 
everything all right? I play a lot of, of, of him. <laughs> or it doesn't always sound like that, but I mean, uh, but a lot of dads. And sometimes those dads are villains, but sometimes they're not. <laughs> well, I mean, you, I say you work, you play a lot of villains, but you also played Speedwagon and he is like the best friend ever. And I will not have anyone tell me otherwise. <laughs> right, right. Yes, he was a, he was a good guy through and through. Absolutely. Look alive, Master Joe Star. He's trying to lure you in like he's not. Yeah, he was fun for sure. He was great. And that's another one I put in my all on that guy. Um, and that show, I had never seen JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'd heard of it because it's such a, I mean, I knew about it. It's, it's, you know, it's infamy and how popular it was. It was just already, you know, a classic. Just from going to cons for years and years, I was like, I'd, I'd seen it. I'd heard about it. But I hadn't seen the show. And uh, it's so over the top um that especially when you were uh recording it i was always like is this too much is this okay and uh and and pretty much when i finally got to see it and i kind of did a whole you know you know lives you know watched it on on twitter and live tweeted and everything and and i really got to hear other people watching and kind of experience it with even i was i wasn't with people but i got to experience it as it was going and hear people's comments and and it really helped me watch the show and realize that's just kind of part of the charm of the show. Um, but man, I remember I was so nervous about that. I really was. I was like, oh my God, everybody's going to hate this. <laughs> They're going to hate me. Oh my God. So, uh, so it was nice that that wasn't the, the verdict in the end. No, because uh, I really, you know, he's, he's one of my favorite characters. And, you know, that, that part is, is, is really... And, you know, I don't know if you know this, but it wasn't the first adaptation of that part. Originally, there was a a, oh. fan, a Phantom Blood movie that was never, you know, released, never re-released because Speedwagon wasn't in it. You know, uh-huh. he was omitted from that adaptation. And the creator was like, no, you, you can't, you know, you can't omit an important character like Speedwagon. Wow. Because it's like that. you can't. You know, you can't do that because, you know, without him, the story doesn't work. Like his friendship with, uh, you know, with with um, with Joseph is is pivotal to 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 that to to um, to the narrative. So, you know, having him cut out is just so yeah, wrong. I remember explaining everything. So I don't know how you would know what was going on <laughs> in the early uh, in the first two seasons without Speedwagon. And clearly someone else would have to explain everything. Yeah, that's no. interesting though. I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's the reason why, like the the original Phantom Blood adaptation, will is it never got re released. It only aired once in Japan, and that's it. Oh, interesting. Well, that's that's very cool to know. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. With <laughs> so nice. you learn everything new every day. <laughs> yeah, no, there's always something for sure. No, that's cool. I'm even more honored to have uh, uh, booked that role then, knowing that uh, it had already been established as you know as a very important role and necessary if they were ever going to do any more of it so that's cool good to know and um you know speaking of uh what was it uh learning something new every day do you ever find yourself like learning new stuff with each role well i mean i'm sure you can't close yourself off and i'm always i I, you know i learn from i think i learn from each you learn from different roles you actually learn from auditions too uh, which we do all the time. Um, and sometimes you learn more from auditions simply because you're, you're throwing stuff against the wall. You know, you're trying things. You don't book all of them, but uh, you might do something that's horribly wrong for one character in a show, but uh, 
that may teach you a, a new character, a new, you know, a new voice, a new something that you then use a month and a half later on something totally different. Um, and it's perfect. So, um, so I'm always trying to pay attention to what I think works and what doesn't work. And when I do have the opportunity to work with other actors and, and watch them, uh, you know, do their thing and be creative. Uh, I try to learn from them too, because you can learn from anybody in the room. I mean, obviously with COVID and stuff, there's been a lot less of the, uh, you know, rec- with other, you know, multiple actors present recording. But, um, but even if I'm at my house and their, their house and I can hear them, I'm still paying attention. and like, Ooh, that was really smart. That really worked. That was nice. I like the way that he did that. Oh, she, she's really good at that. And that's same when I'm watching shows, you know, I listen and I'm, I'm, I'm always like, and with me too, I'll be like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I had done this or, oh, that was okay. That was a good choice. That was interesting. You know, oh, what was I thinking there? You know, so I'm, so I guess, yeah, I'm always learning and, and tr- wanting to try out new things. I feel like I get in a rut if it's, you know, if, if I get five auditions and they're all asking for the same thing and I basically give the same, roughly the same character, to, you know what I mean? Even if it's the same description, I just, I don't want to just give that same character every time you know it's like i gotta vocally change it up or or or, you know something about the character that just feels different a different phrasing a different pacing uh, you know something and um do you have any like performances you go back to and say you know i could have uh you know this this performance was really great and i want to learn you know i want to learn everything i can about it for the future that's interesting um no, because I think I think there's always pluses and negatives to. I mean, I don't know. There's any one performance that I'm like, and also depends the amount of time you get, the amount of distance you get from it. Because some of the older stuff, I'll listen. If, well, if I listen, if I happen to hear some of the older, older stuff, <clears throat> I don't know. It's it, let me put it this way. Like, I, I know I heard some old stuff not that long ago where it was over. You know, like ten, fifteen years ago, and it's so funny because my like, you know, I was playing like a tough, you know, tough. There was like a tough guy, strong, right, in this kind of a vein. And it was so funny because, you know, I was 15 years younger and, you know, I thought it sounded like that, you know, but it wasn't. It was so much like I don't even know what it was. It was just I was such I had such a lighter voice, you know what I mean? It was just much higher in general. Uh, or I was pushing so hard to get down to that low that I could I could hear the push. That doesn't mean that other people might not hear it and might be super happy with it. But, uh, but as your voice changes and stuff, sometimes that's a weird thing to listen back and go, oh, because you, you know where you thought you placed that character in your own present voice. And I can feel it in my throat. But if I do it now, it's way deeper and way richer or it has more rasp to it or, you know, whatever. But I don't know if there's any on both of the, the sides of that coin. I don't know that there's anything that I think is absolutely horrible. I, I think there's stuff that, you know, there are, I'll cringe every now and then with some stuff that I watch, but I don't want to ever speak on that because that's somebody's favorite show. So even if I'm like, oh, I sucked in that, it doesn't really learn my, I'll learn my lesson and move on. But, uh, you know, I don't want to publicize that because it's somebody else's favorite show. And for me to turn around on a character and be like, yeah, I did a real crappy job on that. Um, you know, isn't, isn't right. Cause somebody else loves that. So, you know, I'll just learn my lesson and, you know, and improve and go, okay. All right. Keep that in mind. Uh, you know, as I move on and by the same token, there's nothing that I'm like, that was perfect all the way through, but I do enjoy a lot of the 
some of the, you know, a good chunk of the shows that I've done. And, you know, it's, it is fun every now and then to go back and, you know, laugh or, you know, in a good way, you know, if it's a comedy or, you know, or I don't know, just certain shows that I like, if I like them, just like the fans, I can go back. I'm not a person that necessarily cringes at my own voice unless I'm like, Oh, why did I do that? That was a bad choice. And so you're, you're one of the rare breed of people who can, you know, watch your own work without going, Oh, why they go with that take? <laughs> well, I do that some, but I'm, some people are just like, I don't like to hear myself. Like I record it and I don't want to ever watch it. I don't want to go to a premiere. I don't want to like, there are uh, on camera and, you know, voice actors who feel that way. And I totally understand that. And the way I understand it is because <clears throat> whenever, if, if I'm filming from my iPhone, if I'm filming the family, and I'm talking in the background to my kids or something like, hey, give me a smile, do this, whatever. It doesn't matter. I hate that later. It drives me up the wall. I can't. I'm just like, shut up, Keith. Nobody wants to hear you talking behind the camera. Just film. That's my honest. I'm always like, shut up. Um, and even interviews like I, I won't listen to this interview because it'll because inevitably my. Um, I, I don't know this little uh, conscience of mine comes in and goes like what are you talking about nobody wants to listen to you nobody cares what you think who do you think you are that's that's the way I criticize myself just being myself and answering professional questions it's like oh god man stop acting like you know anything that's that's the way I critique my interviews I don't do that with my work with my work I can look at it as the character and I can just enjoy it so I, I don't know what what that is but for some reason I can I can separate that that's kind of odd because I know a lot of people would say that they're much better off, you know, in public spaces, like doing public speaking and what have you, than mm -hmm. they are about watching their own work, which I, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of weird. I, you're the first person I've met who has said that. So that's pretty interesting. Well, I have a script. I'm speaking as the character in whatever show or game. Um, but if it's my own words and my own choices, you know, then that I'm, I'm much more likely to be more critical of like, why did I say that? Why did I, you know, whereas with, with the show, I'm just saying, why did I say it that way? I mean, I know why I said what I said, because it was written on the paper in front of me. Um, and in some cases you're like, well, I was directed that way. Or, you know, honestly, I know I gave him three takes of that. So I don't know why they chose that take. I didn't particularly like it, but I, I know I gave them something else or that one was a line read. They gave me a line read and they kept that one. Ugh. I was just repeating what the director said. That's why did they keep that one? You know what I mean? So, so I've got a, a number of defenses. I mean, I listen, if I just think I just sucked in something, I, I mean, it's not like I can't admit that I'm like, Oh yeah, I could have done better than that. But uh, there's a lot of reasons. It already went through so many people by the time it ends up on that screen that you can't a hundred percent, you know, blame yourself for one or two lines here and there. It's just like, you know, eh. I'll learn what I can learn, but I'm not going to dwell and, you know, I'm going to move on and enjoy the rest of the, of the movie, you know, or the rest of the things that I like that I did. That's why I like whenever I listen to um, a, a, a show or a movie or what have you, that's, you know, the voice acting isn't very good. I'm like, well, obviously they were directed that way. Cause you know, I know some of these people and they're veterans of the business, you know, they're not like, you know, uh, coming in from, you know, for the first time. So, mm -hmm. you know, whenever I hear like a really, you know, so-and-so performance from, from an established voice actor, I'm like, well, obviously it's the director's fault or, or the writing just isn't very good or they couldn't like, you know, quote unquote, elevate the material. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know if that, I mean, I wouldn't, I agree to it to, to a degree, but it, there are times, you know, it's not, I'm not trying to say like the act, it's never the actor's fault because uh, you may have been miscast in something and you're just, you know, you're stretching the best you can, but you're just not ready to play that role, but they're still keeping you in it. So, you know, you're doing the best you can with the material, you know, you, there's a number of reasons why it could definitely be the actor. You could be having an, an off day. I mean, they could keep stuff in it that just happens to not be <laughs> so good of yours. You know, it's not, I, I definitely wouldn't say like if, if an established actor that you like is bad in something, it's absolutely the director's fault. That is, that is not something you could, you could count on. And it's a, it's a group effort. Uh, everybody together, you know, uh, you know, the writers, the director, if there's a client in the room, the engineer, the actor, all of you are putting in your your two cents, and uh, and if it's if you think a performance is bad, it's it's generally going to be a little bit of a little bit of everybody. But if the you know if the acting seems bad, you know I, I still would go to the main source, which is the actor. Um, you know, if you talk to the actor and they're like, "Oh, let me tell you what happened," <laughs> then then you can go, oh, "Okay, oh, I see. All right, I see where that was." Yeah, yeah, true. Um, you know, it's it's you know, well, let's try to strike that from the record. That was silly of me to say that. You know, you should blame, you should. Um, well, it can directors. it can be something, or just a you know, the bad chemistry with you and the director or another actor, or and it can just be that you just I just had a bad day, and that was I learned a lot from that, but that was bad, or I was really uncomfortable with this. I didn't quite understand this character, and maybe you know I could blame the director, but you know what? Maybe I should have spoken up more and said, hey. I, I'm just not getting, you know, the motivation for this character. I'm sorry. I'm just feel like I'm giving you lines and uh, I'm not connecting, you know, can you help me a little more? And I, you know, that could be on me for not pushing and saying, I don't, I don't quite understand. I apologize, but can you help me with this more? So I don't think there's ever a, an absolute blame for any of that, but, uh, but there's a lot of factors that go into it. That, that much is, is, is for sure. Because I, I remember like reading a tr uh, thread about like, you know, the what if, um, mm -hmm. uh, the Marvel <laughs> what if thing that, you know, quote unquote right. having terrible voice acting. And I'm like, look, you know, what? yeah, sure. Some of the performances weren't that good, but overall I thought it was fine. Like it was never like terrible. Yeah. Um, I loved the what if series. I don't know if it was the greatest example of all time of, of voice acting, but uh but as a whole, I thought it was an amazing series and had a lot going for it. But you've got uh, you've got on camera actors in there. You've got voice actors in there. I mean, there's it's a, they're they're very huge casts. So there are some really great performances in there. But uh, you know, I, who knows? I'm I'm not I I have no one to s single out. I mean, I remember there were a few lines here and there that I'd go, oh, okay. But I don't actually remember who. Um, not that I'd put anybody on the spot, but I actually don't remember anyway. Um, but I don't know if they were the celebs, you know, the on-camera actors or whether they were, you know, people who do voiceover professionally. Um, and there could be a lot of reasons for that, like we were covering anyway. But I, I thought as a whole, it stood up very, very well. A, a line here or there that sound a little off. You're like, it's like, come on, I know they had another take. <laughs> you know, come on. <laughs> it's just a line here. It doesn't ruin the, the show. Yeah, because there was never anything that I was like, oh, that was really terrible. Like outside, like maybe Sebastian Stan's, you know, acting in the first, in the first episode, uh, nothing was really egregious. Mm -hmm. So I'll have to watch again and and, <laughs> and listen for that specifically. There's also a thing where um, some sometimes your performance can seem uh, relatively 
bad in the sense that um, if you've got another actor in there who uh, is is real subdued and subtle, like everything they do is you know very subtle. There's no big choices. Everything is just almost boring, very bland and kind of quiet. Um, then even if you do just like kind of normal inflections and you know just it, it it may seem like you're overacting. Does that make sense? I mean, I've worked on games and stuff where they're like, okay, listen, the lead is like this. And the lead is a celeb. So tone everything down so that they don't sound boring and you don't sound like you're overacting. Like I've worked on stuff like that. So uh, that can be a factor too, especially when you throw celebs in there because they're going to be who they are. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're playing a, a set character or, they're, or they may not adjust well to, you know, do recording in front of a microphone as opposed to being on camera. Oh, no, uh, that's pretty much, I think you're describing like most Call of Duty games because <laughs> I, th I think those are the problems I have with the story campaign where they cast like really big name celebrities in the main roles and everyone else has to, you know, act accordingly. So their performance stands out, I guess. Yeah, that may be that may be the case because you got to remember too, games and shows. They're all they're all so different. And a lot of times we go <laughs> we'll go from like a preschool show where everything we're saying is like this. Do you think you know what I mean? Good. Click the button on the, you know, you're doing that for like five hours and then you go and you do something that's just like kind of cinematic and real. And uh, sometimes there's a little, I mean, obviously they'll, you'll notice it and correct, but I mean, you got to remember you're jumping back and forth from totally different styles of acting sometimes, you know, anime is way over the top and then you're doing something real subtle right afterwards. So sometimes there's a bit of adjusting and uh, so I get that in, in turn for any actor, whether you're a voice actor or on camera, there's, there's some adjusting to happen and, Maybe sometimes it doesn't happen, uh, you know, it doesn't happen early enough and a few takes get in there where you're not quite in the right zone that you should be in. So it happens. And, you know, for the Genshin fans, you know, you guys waited long enough, I bet, <laughs> you know, I, and, I'm, and I'm sorry to, to uh, make him wait this long, but I kind of wanted to get the, the technical stuff out the way before we get to <laughs> the meat of things. So Ooh, we've got the meat coming up still. <laughs> I thought I mentioned I was a vegetarian. <laughs> so um, how did you get involved in Genshin and did you audition for any other characters? Um, you know, it was interesting. Um, so <laughs> Genshin really snuck up on me because I was running errands in, uh, in, in town and uh, just literally driving my car. I, was go I don't know where I was going. I was just going to Target or something. And I got a call from my agent saying, hey, can you stop by this studio literally in like the next half an hour? Uh, they want you to audition for something. It's a paid audition, meaning you're going to go in. Uh, you'll read some stuff like you like you've got the part like they'll actually you'll actually it'll be a session. You will record, um, but they may or may not keep you. <clears throat> and uh, timing worked out. I mean, I don't know if I had said, no, I can't. I have another session or, or something's going on maybe they would have given me another shot. It wasn't like a now or never. It wasn't one of those scenarios. It might've been, but uh, we didn't get to that. I said, uh, yeah, yeah. I was running errands. I can, I can go do that. They need me for two. I don't know. It was like two hours or something. I don't know how, how... anyway, I, you know, went to the studio and, and, and met a bunch of the people that were working on this game. I mean, then I don't know if they gave, they probably didn't give me the name of it, but the name wouldn't have meant anything anyway, because it wasn't a game yet um, for the world for me to know. And uh, I, they pulled up uh, one of the, uh, uh, I don't know, one of the producers, I guess, pulled up uh, 
uh, a video of me from a character I played on Bleach, who I don't even remember the name. It was a character. It was a kind of a one-off character I did in one episode. Um, anyway, uh, they were like, we kind of want you to sound like this. Like they, I guess they had seen that and they were like that. Somebody said, that's kind of the voice we want. So, uh, you know, recorded some stuff and uh, finished up. I thought it went well. I had a lot of fun with it. I was like, this is great. Uh, but I walked out knowing like, hey, worst case scenario, that was a basically a, you know, paid session and nothing's going to happen from it because they're going to cast somebody else. But, you know, but, you know, it was work. Work is work. So you go, cool. Um, and luckily for me, you know, they were happy with what they got and uh, they brought me back in. And, uh, and again, no idea this was going to be like, this worldwide hit game. Uh, like I said, you just can't, you can't tell. It was everything I read was good. You know, the writing was good. It was, but that's not, you know, you can't base it off of that. How many productions have like incredible writing and don't go anywhere or get canceled or, so that doesn't mean anything. Um, so yeah, so it just kind of snuck up on me and it was, and I didn't, I mean, that was my audition. I didn't audition ahead of time for it. I got the, that paid audition. That's how, that's how it went down. So it sounds to me like they knew what they wanted. Like, you know, they, they just brought you in because they're like, Hey, you know, Keith can do this character and we want that voice. So it's like, eh, now let's pay him to do it. Yeah. They were, they, they, they may have been fairly sure, which makes sense. But uh, I mean, it makes sense because they were willing to make it a paid audition. You know what I mean? Like, why, why would you do that? They, they were fairly sure with it, but I, but I don't know what happened before. It was very last minute. So to be honest, and I haven't checked, I mean, maybe there was somebody else that was scheduled to come in and they were like, Oh, we really wanted this person. All right. Well, who's our second choice? I mean, just, I'm just being honest. I don't know. That may have been part of the scenario too. And uh, you know, and however it worked out, it worked out for me. And that's, that's just part of the business too, because there are times where uh, I know I've had things where I couldn't make it to something like I just couldn't do it. Cause I had another session and there was no changing the time. And so I had to pass on something and clearly whoever the next choice down was got that role. And, you know, that happens to all of us, you know, we get roles like that and we lose roles like that. So, you know, that's just, that's just kind of part of it. So it was a case of like right place, right time, really. Yeah. I mean, who knows what would have happened? Like I said, if I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't get there. Can we do later today? You know, maybe they would have been like, sure. Or maybe they would have been like, yeah, no, we really need it. Cause you're our fifth choice. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Does it feel weird, like, people coming up to you on Twitter and asking you to, to do, like, Zong Lee quotes now? Um, well, on Twitter, it's weird because all I would be doing is typing the quote, and anybody could do that. But, um, but like, you know, on, on apps like Cameo and stuff like that, <clears throat> it's not weird because I've, I've gotten pretty used to it now. Um, I remember the first few times I was at conventions that somebody got emotional with me. Meaning um, they were like, oh, my God, this is my favorite character. Like, you got me through this rough time. That it was a little shocking. It was a lot the first few times. It wasn't a bad thing, but it was like, really? And I had to really wrap my mind around it. This was years ago. But uh, just I come from more old school. I, well, trust me, I played every video. I've been playing video games since video games started. But um but I was used to this with like, say, music. So to me, it made sense for somebody to go uh, to meet whoever, Janet Jackson, and go, oh, your album, this album got me through the hardest time. Because we all understand. For me, that made sense. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. 
you know, you're listening to this song, you're listening to this album and you're so sad and you had a breakup or your uh, uh, parental figure had passed away or something happened, you know, you're going through a divorce, whatever. And it helps get you through that. That all made sense to me. And it's when I stopped and thought about it and I was like, you know, an album is like an hour long, right? I mean, you can listen to it as much as you want, but it's like an hour or less. Um, I said, these games are like, 60 100 hours i mean some of these games never stop because you know they're you know you could be always just downloading new new stuff um there's always new updates for all of it so when i stopped and went oh my god the people are spending 60 plus hours with these characters of course they're getting attached and of course it's an escape from reality um and it's and it can be helping them in any number of ways to deal with anything and there's characters that they associate with like that character is quirky like me and I have a hard time making friends just like that character does and so I find strength in that character I'm just making a random example but when I stopped and thought about it, I was like oh my god it's so clear to me this was just kind of my age you know like I was like huh why are people so and, and as soon as that made sense to me then I understood why people love these characters and why they want quotes and why they want autographs and and, and just why they gravitate so much towards the actor that provided the voice for that character and then, then it all started to make sense to me but it did take me a moment you know in life to breathe that in and, and go huh oh okay because I hadn't had that experience personally as much gaming as I, I had done in my life although most of my gaming you know was I don't play as much now because I'm not I don't have the time for it so now that the games are so these incredible stories and all these different characters I'm, I'm playing a little bit less <clears throat> You know, my, my heyday for gaming, you know, was much more fun. And, you know, things like Sonic and Mega Man and Fantasy Star and, you know, early Tomb Raider games and stuff like that. So it makes sense to me. And, and, and it doesn't weird me out when people want those quotes. Um, yeah, I, I get it. I do understand it on some level. Now, you bring up a good point because back when I used to play Overwatch, like I wasn't really, you know, I got into it because it's like, hey, it's a game I want to just play for you know, to kill time. Cause it's like, Hey, you know, you know, matches are quick or whatever. Right. But damn it. If I didn't get attached to a lot of those characters when I used to, when I used to play a lot, cause I was like, you know, whenever I would play, you know, Chorbjorn, he would, you know, always make me laugh whenever someone would destroy the turret and he'd go my turret. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. It's, and, and that's not, and you know, there's not a, a deep plot there within that game for you to you know be crying about the characters whatever but it still makes you smile or or they anger you you know oh that guy always gets me you know whatever um so i I get it i get why people get attached and part of it i think is just like that's it you know what i mean that sounds right that's the that's it you know what i mean it's some of it's not even emotional it's just a i put in so much time with this game and you're doing it exactly right you're the actual guy that and, and there's something about that too that's just fun for people also even if they're not emotionally attached in some way you know it didn't save their lives but they're like oh that's awesome i've heard that 40 billion times that line and now you're standing in front of me saying it to me that's crazy so i also found it weird like a lot of people are like oh you know soldier 76 is the dad of the group but i'm like you know torbjorn makes sure everyone has to have armor and keeps them safe and he never gets any of the credit and i'm like that's not fair man <laughs> why you people do... always underestimate the engineers like, why you gotta do torbjorn dirty like that come on man yeah no uh there's actually a number of characters you know winston also has claimed to fought there's a lot of the characters that have a 
something fatherly about, you know, quality about their character. So there's a number of, of characters that could claim that they're the dad of the group for sure. So I don't, I don't worry about that. I like, I'm just, I'm just happy, really, really over the moon to be a part of such an amazing, uh, you know, game. I mean, Overwatch is just worldwide. It was just, I'd never seen anything like that when that blew up. I just was like, what? I didn't even know a game could do that. I didn't, uh, you know, it just, it just was like amazing. And then to be like, oh my, I'm part of that. Like I had no idea. And it, that snuck up on me majorly because that was in beta for like a year. So it wasn't even secret. You know what I mean? At that point when it was in beta, like people knew it existed. People knew about it. I was free to walk around and be like, oh yeah, have you played uh, Overwatch in beta? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm the voice of, like I could say that. It wasn't a secret or anything. So I had like a good year. Not that I was going around saying it everywhere, but I mean, there was a good year where nobody cared. I, I don't, and I don't mean that people didn't like the game, they weren't playing it, but I'm saying the world didn't react in any particular way. If you said, oh, I work on that, it was just like, oh, cool. And then it, it came out and it just, you know, very quickly afterwards, it was just insane. So it, it was very weird. It was like, wow, just to see that, just how quickly it just changed was, was pretty insane. Yeah, um, the experience of games, the the relationship we have with games is so much different than it was, you know, back, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Like, look, Super Mario is a great game, but no one ever cried when Mario stepped on the Goombas, okay? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some, like, you know, Goomba group out there that's like, we did, we did, we love the Goombas. I'm sure they exist. But, uh, but I know what you mean. Point absolutely taken. That wasn't designed that way. And not every game should be, you know? I mean, it's great to just pick up games and just play, you know? I've been, the only thing I've been playing of, re, of late is uh, Beat Saber, and there's, there's no characters to get attached to at all in Beat Saber. Um, but it's fun, and I love the idea that I can just pick it up, do a song, and turn it right back off if I'm done. Just be like, boom, quick, quick fix. It's not like Genshin where that is a huge time investment and, and, and I'm like, I don't I don't have the time, man. I really don't. I'm well, sorry. Thankfully enough people do, and I no apologies necessary. I, I don't myself. It's one of the things that's uh it's one of the disconnects I have with uh <clears throat> you know, with the fans. I mean I I, I think you, a lot of the fans are surprised with like I don't play the game, uh, mainly because of the time investment that it would take. I've seen it. It's absolutely gorgeous. I've seen some scenes. And of course, I see some of the stuff before anybody else does or, or before the, the general you know, population does. But, um, but yeah, I don't play it. So most any fan of Genshin Impact knows more about the game than I do. And I know they, they, they want me to like, you know, be able to, you know, walk the walk and talk the talk with them. And I, I will as much as I can, but I just can't. And I want to, trust me, I really would love to be like, yeah, oh yeah, ask me anything about the game. I told, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I remember that event. Oh yeah, I totally, I got this and I played this character and this is my, I don't know. I have no idea. I just understand the basic gist of the game. I love hearing people's enthusiasm. And I know some of the other actors, good on them, are able to, you know, play and, and, and have that kind of a relationship also, also with the fans where they can uh, connect. Uh, talking about the game, not just about behind the scenes, but like literally the game. Um, and I wish I could, but there's just not enough time for me to play, you know, all those games that I would want to connect with the fans about, you know, I played some Overwatch. I know how to play Overwatch. I'm not really great at it, 
I only played Torbs because I figured, you know what? If I'm if I'm only gonna play a little bit, I better I might as well get good with my guy. No, he's easy to play. You know, just put on, put a turret and there you go. <laughs> you know, that's what people say, and I, everybody told me that. And when I started playing, the very beginning when I was playing against other people who were just getting started, uh, I will give you that. But as soon as you worked your way even a little bit up, up the ladder there, uh, and you were playing people who are at least decent everybody knows how to you got to be on your toes it wasn't like you could just throw people would say that all the time and if i just threw out a turret in a good spot and just kept hammering on it like that that rarely worked (laughs) i just got it blown up in my face so i I found i had to be a little more you know you know running around and making some some better decisions and uh and stay on the move it it wasn't all about just hammering your uh turret i mean it might have been in the beginning maybe they, they made enough changes you know, um, to the game, but... Uh, I mean, that was pre-rework, because now he's a completely different character from what I hear, because I don't know, it's been, like, forever He doesn't even I've have played. armor anymore, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, and do you, do you find that it's, you know, you know, you talked about emotional connections, but do you do you, do you ever feel like we're ever going to get to a point where it would be impossible to, to play any character without someone being emotionally attached to said character? No, no, because um, people are going to grab, first off, people are going to gravitate towards who they gravitate towards. That's the beauty of it is that all these games have so many choices. I mean, whether, whatever kind of game it is, there's always choice. Anybody in the storyline you can be attached to. I mean, I I play, you mentioned, I play a lot of villains, but I still have people that attach to, if it's an interesting villain, that's not just, not too straightforward, as long as they have something redeeming about them i have people that are like rooting for hawk moth in uh miraculous you know um so you, you know you're gonna find who you're not gonna be attached to everybody but you're gonna find somebody in that game that you relate to and i think that's part of you know games like overwatch you know and you know where, where people are you know apex legends and stuff where, where they have all these interesting different characters because you're gonna pick one and, and if they can get a get some really good diversity in there then some people are going to find representation they haven't had before and they're going to be like, oh, I really like this character because, and it can be for, because of where they're from or the dialect they have, but it can also just be something about the character, whether, because now, now some of these characters, you know, even their, their sexual preferences known or, you know, so many different things about them. You know, is this, a, is this a father figure? Is this someone who's gone through a divorce? Is this, so there's a million things that we know about these characters um, that we can relate to and go, I like this character and I have my own reasons why, because they have this like me or they, they remind me of so-and-so or so, you know, we'll pick. And then there's always going to be games where that's not the point. There's always going to be like Angry Birds, Sonic games and things where they're not that emotional. And, uh, you know, this character like Sonic is an icon and you're, you, you love Sonic because you grew up with Sonic and you recognize the voice and you've heard it a million times, but it, usually those plots aren't the same where you get emotionally <clears throat> attached and you're crying for Sonic. They don't, they don't, you know, write them that way. You know, that's not the design of those. They're just more fun, but you still attach in the sense that you're, you, cause you recognize the voice and the voice reminds you of the game and all the good times you had and the friends that you played that with. And wow, that was so good, man. Early on in college when we were just playing this, that time of our life. And that's what Sonic reminds me of. You know what I mean? So so you'll attach to that even if you don't attach to a specific character emotionally. You're like, I just attached to the game because that was such a free time in my life. I don't know if I appreciated it at the time, but those were the days, you know. Now, that's how I feel about the Mortal Kombat um, 
franchise is that I don't care if I don't care how much they change, you know, gameplay wise and character wise or what have you. Right. Every time I play a Mortal Kombat game, you know, I I'm reminded of like the, you know, my childhood and, you know, growing up, you know, going to the arcades, playing Reptile and Mortal Kombat three and thinking he was like the (laughs) coolest thing ever. (laughs) That's great. I love it. I love it. And I still get like nostalgic for, you know, watching old Mortal Kombat videos on, on YouTube. I'm like, sure. I love it. I'm sorry. I love that franchise. It's so amazing. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. So it's hard. Any game you put that much time into, you're going to have some kind of connection with, even if it's, you know, like we said, not an emotional connection. You know, maybe don't have an emotional connection with Reptile and the struggles that Reptile went through and, you know what I mean, and where they came out on the other side. But you're just like, damn it, I played that game for like two years and that was a great time. I loved it. It was everything. It makes me feel good. It reminds me of, a time in my life where I didn't, maybe you felt like you didn't have as much stress or, you know, whatever the case is or your buddy that you all, you never see anymore, you know, that you used to play with all the time. Like all those things, they're, they're all wrapped up in that game and the experience you had with the game. And you, you know, that's never going anywhere. You're always going to feel like that when you see that game, you're going to go, yeah. Uh, like an old movie, same thing, you know, oh, I could watch this over and over at some point. You're not, you're almost not even watching the movie. You're just like, man, this makes me feel good. <laughs> oh, I'll, yeah. I'll put movies on at night to go to sleep that I, I know I'm not going to watch. I love the movie, but I'm like, I'm going to sleep. But you know what? I, I, man, I hear that music and I hear the dialogue and I'm just smiling my way off to sleep. I've seen it a million times. I don't need to. I'm not like, what's going to happen? It's just like, ah, oh, man, all those, you know, neurons are firing off in my brain going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, this is, oh, man. Oh, I'm happy. <sighs> you know. It's like that bit. That. It's like that bit in Family Guy where Peter Griffin's like, you know, I can't sleep unless I have like Dunkirk on at full volume. <laughs> <laughs> well, may, yeah, I guess, sure. I was thinking like Lord of the Rings or something, but sure, yeah, whatever it is, you know, whatever uh, that favorite thing is, Tombstone. I love Tombstone's one of my favorite movies. Oh, Tombstone! Tombstone's so great. M- Michael Keaton, man. That. Oh, ooh. did you say Michael Keaton? <laughs> <laughs> Val Kilmer, sorry. Different oh, Batman. Like, different like, Batman. Ah, you're, you're talking about a different tombstone. I don't know what that is. <laughs> remember when he goes, I'm tombstone, right? Remember that? <laughs> no, no, no. That's something totally different. Sorry, I'm a huge Batman fan, and I'm like, Mike, Michael Keaton, right? No. <laughs> Val Kilmer. <laughs> Close. They're almost the same person. <laughs> Doc Holliday, a whole come different on. movie. That's my oh. favorite Val Kilmer performance. His tombstone. It's my favorite thing he ever did. And I and I thought anything else was bad. I'm just uh, you know, that was just the one. I'm like, oh my God, so good. He's my favorite thing in that movie. But there's so much else in that movie that's great. Yeah, no, uh and I just I'm just sad well that that we just don't get westerns like that anymore, or westerns in general. I'm sure I'm sure we will. They'll come back around. It's all about the it's the age of the superhero now, my friend. They're still making westerns, they'll happen. <laughs> They'll come back. Everything comes back, by the way. Um, by the, by the time this goes out, it's it's going to be December, so we're in the holiday season. So I got to ask this: hey, Happy holidays, everybody! <laughs> so I got to ask this: uh, favorite holiday, favorite Christmas movie? Go. Oh, um, it's probably. I I, I, I want to say Nightmare Before Christmas. So I think that is, but I'm I'm just trying to. That's immediately what shot into my head. But <clears throat> is there something else? I mean, I like Die Hard, <laughs> and I think that counts as a Christmas movie. 
Um, that's one of those ones I could go to sleep to. I mean that in a good way. Like, yeah, ah, oh, it's so good. Uh, no, I think it would be, uh, no, nah, I think it's Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I'll stick with it. Because uh, uh, I not Gremlins. Gremlins is pretty good. I like Gremlins. I like Gremlins. That's good stuff. Because sure. every, t- cause every time, every time someone, not too long ago. someone, every time someone asks me about you know why is Gremlins one of your favorite Christmas movies, I'm like, well, it's ridiculously violent for its time. You know, it, it was it the movie that pretty much birthed the PG-13 rating, and mm-hmm. it has Frank Welker in it. So there you go, which is always a positive. And uh, and Chuck Jones is physically in the film. Oh, that's right. He yeah. was in that. Chuck Jones makes an appearance. He's in the bar and he's sketching. So yeah, yeah. No, it's a that's a great movie. I love that movie, uh, and I do. It is definitely a Christmas movie. I'm just not putting it in my, as my number one. Like when I think of like, oh, it's Christmas time. Like, what do we have to watch? You know what I mean? Like, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is always top on the list. Like uh, for Halloween, for example, <clears throat> well, I have kids, so with my kids, like we always watch the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the old you know Ichabod Crane, the old Disney animated uh, special, and that's like a big like, oh, Halloween, gotta watch that. You know, it's not a movie per se, but, uh, but, you know, certain things I go, oh, Halloween, that's what we got to do. Christmas, we got to watch this. No, the best Christmas movie for me is uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. That, that is <laughs> amazing. Well, I didn't know we were picking out of the, the really good stuff. <laughs> now that I know we're picking out of that, well, Bad Santa, well, actually, Bad Santa was pretty funny, <laughs> if I remember. I'm sure, oh, my God, I haven't watched that. I'm sure now I'd watch it and go, oh, we can't say that anymore. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> But I think that was the point of it, though. No, um, I, I like Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 because it is a great movie because half the movie is a recap of the first movie. So if you never watch the first movie, oh. it's a, you know, the first 20 minutes are a recap. And the rampage is so hilariously terrible that it's amazing. <laughs> I have never seen either Silent Night, Deadly Night. I have not seen it. I guess I, guess I have to add that to my Christmas list. Do you, will my kids enjoy it? They're 10 and 6. Will they like it? God. It, we just a... saw the Santa Claus last night, which I had never seen. Uh, which one? The first Tim one or the Tim second Allen, one? Tim uh, Allen, the first one. Well, we started with the first because, uh, you know, if the first isn't good, you probably shouldn't go to the sequel. So we watched the first one. It was cool. You know, it's one of those movies that, um, you know, the effects are incredibly dated on because the CG was fairly new. So there were a number of times they probably should have used practical effects, but they were like, we got to use these brand new effects. Make it work, Dave, make it work. And, uh, and they made it work. It just doesn't work, you know, 15 years later or whatever. But it was, I mean, we enjoyed it, but we're like, ooh, that looks bad. No, I, I remember because uh, a couple of years ago, I watched, rewatched the second one. And one of the, one of the, um, one of the actors in that is a young uh, Liliana Mooney, Mooney. So that was kind of weird looking, looking back on that on that uh, uh, movie. And I'm like, oh, she's so young <laughs> compared to. Oh, that's to funny. Now. Yeah, yeah. No, it is always weird when you go back and watch anything that's you know ten years more, because yeah, you see child actors that are like, oh my god, I didn't know that was so and so because you never made that. Of course, why would you make that connection? Because they were just a kid then, and then you're now you're like, oh, that's you know. Um, and then some things just don't age well, just something, whatever it was for in popular culture at the time. I've been watching a lot of stuff that's got all kinds of like the, the amount of sexism and like racism and stuff in some of these old like movies that I loved as a kid. Like it's it doesn't ruin the movies per se, 
it depends who you are and if you already have a sentimental attachment, but you notice it at minimum. You're like, whoa, that's crazy. And it's just, you just react differently. You're like, I remember thinking that was really funny and cool. And now I'm like, oh crap, he's being a total. That's so sexist. What he just said. That's why did I wanted to be him? That's so funny <laughs> because now that does not hold up anymore. It's, a, oh, it's very trippy. Yeah. I've yeah. Watched a lot of those. A lot eighties in general, like, you know, you go all this eighties stuff, it's like, ghostbusters, oh. Annie. I mean, these aren't even bad ones. I'm just saying like, these are movies that you think like, yeah, there's not going to be any, you don't even think it. You're just watching. And then you go, oh. <laughs> like what? Uh, Ghostbusters tripped me out because, like, you know, Bill Murray, Sigourney Weaver hires Bill Murray, and he goes over to her apartment and starts hitting on her, and she asks him to leave, and he won't take no for an answer. And I remember watching as a kid, going, "Oh, I love it! Like he's so funny. He like just the idea that he wouldn't take no. Like he kept making jokes. Like it's and and it was like, no, she's telling you to leave, and that she's uncomfortable." And you're making sexual advances. It's just kind of a funny thing. And it wasn't meant to be offensive and it doesn't ruin the movie. But what used to be like kind of like dashing and cute, that's the way we looked at it. Like, oh, I love the way he, oh, look at how he just makes everything a joke. He's not really listening or he makes it. You're now like, oh, that's not okay. Like that. <laughs> so it's, it's funny to watch that because that was not the intention that the writers or the director or the actors had at the time. But it, it's a good example of how times change and change for the better. But, uh, you know, we all have to be aware of that when we watch old stuff. It doesn't make those people bad people. It's just like it was a different time. The yeah, audiences but- reacted differently, too. It wasn't like the actors forced that on us and the writers forced that on us. That was the world at that point. Yeah, that's why it's so weird to me. Like everyone like brings up like old things about oh this th- this movie has this in it and that and I'm like yeah it was made in like 1998 or whatever. It's like of course it had it had those types of sense uh, you know things in it. Mm-hmm. And yep. whenever yep. I go back and watch old media, I have to remember like it was made in a period where you know stuff that's okay now wasn't okay back then. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We always have to remind ourselves because I know some people are quick to jump at things, jump on things that were like from 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And it's like, wow, you can't, you can't judge that by today's standards. You just can't because it, it, it's, it's not fair. It wouldn't be fair to the audience either. If you judge the audience, they would have all been laughing and loving it. So everybody's guilty, <laughs> not just the person who said the line. It's yeah. Like, no, 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 no. The audience ate that up. They loved it. Yeah, no, I mean, you you can have your problems with, you know, a lot of movies from the 80s, but at the same time, it's like, you know, there were hits for a reason. Like Airplane? Airplane is great, but I'm not going to sit there and and, and pretend like it didn't have any things that were, you know. uh. I'm sure it does, but I don't even know. I'm trying to think. I've seen that movie a billion times. Sometimes you're too close to it. I've seen it so many. Oh, I know. Yeah, there was some weird stuff. Even the jive section, which is so funny. Um, where Mrs. Cleaver does the whole, like, excuse me, I speak jive. I mean, that's hilarious, but I could totally see, like, nowadays, like, the joke not even hitting, not even landing, because you're like, wait, why is that funny? (laughs) But, you know, if you can see it through the spectrum of at that time, it was absolutely hilarious, because she was a star from, like, the quote-unquote whitest show of all time, so that she would show up and be like, oh, I speak jive. And, <laughs> and then just have, the, have her, her uh, street talk down so well, which I don't think was all accurate at the time. But it's Same thing with the calm down where everyone's like, you know, beating up on, on the woman who's going crazy. It's like, 
yeah, it's oh, funny for yes, the time, yes. but it's like eh, now it's kind of eh. oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it and so that's why I'm always like with old movies and stuff. Like if you can watch them, cool. If it offends you and you don't want to watch it, I think that's totally cool too. I never was able to get through Breakfast at Tiffany's because you know there's the whole like Mickey Rooney. Uh, dressed up as if he were Asian and playing an Asian character. Like I've never personally been able to get past that, but I don't think like if you watched it as a kid and it has sentimental value and you can get past that, it doesn't make you a bad person. I think, you know, I, I, I just don't, I don't think it's fair. You know, everybody's different. And if you can't watch a Mel Gibson film, good on you. If you can good on you, it doesn't mean you agree with things he's done, you know? So it's like, you know, can separate entertainment, you know, you don't have to throw away all your favorite musicians' music because you find something out about them. You can, but that doesn't, that's not what you were thinking when you were listening to the music. So you don't have to never listen to Michael Jackson again or something. Uh, at least I won't judge you for it, but I understand both choices. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree because I'm not someone who I, – I feel like if someone has done something that's – worth calling out it, you know they should be called out i don't think that we should handhold and say well they made this this great thing and we can't say anything bad about them no like yeah, I, I, I love i love a lot of terry gilliam movies <laughs> but i'm not gonna sit here and say, and say like that that dude hasn't said any stuff that's really horrific and and i don't agree with it but that doesn't right. ruin the the movies for me i still right. love you brazil still be able to watch the movies without somebody telling you you can't watch those um but yes, that doesn't mean you ignore what, you know what I mean? Yes, I, I, I'm totally with you on that. And that's why, like, I just don't, I, I feel like, you know, call-out culture has its good and bad, you know, it's good and bad because it's good that we should be more, you know, holding people accountable for terrible things that they've done and said, but yes. we shouldn't be like, okay, we can never enjoy this thing ever again because so-and-so worked on it. I'm like, come on, guys, come on, really? Yeah, you can't. When you if if it's an umbrella that covers everything, you know, if there's a single problem with it, yeah, and you're you're dismissing the entirety of something. <clears throat> there's a lot of other people who worked on that, and there's a lot of good that that whether it is song or movie or whatever may have done in the world, and you should be able to separate that. But I'm all for like put your dollars where your heart is. If you're like if you, I was talking about Mel Gibson. So for instance, if that's your stand, and you're like, I, I won't pay to see one of his movies. Okay, I totally got your back. But if somebody else does, I, they're not a villain. Because other people are just like, I just want to see this movie. And I just want to relax. And I think he's a total jerk, but I can separate that. You know what I mean? Or whatever the case. Or even if they don't, it's just, it's just a movie. So I'm with both sides in that, if, if that makes sense. Like, I, I think you have the right to do either. I don't think somebody else should tell you, like, you can't shop at this store or you can't. Like you have to make all my political decisions or my whatever social decisions with me. No, you don't have to make all of them. <laughs> you can still watch Ghostbusters. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can still enjoy movies made by people who we don't talk about anymore. You know, it's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think so at least, but, uh, but like I said, I, 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 I totally understand people who pers make the personal choice to not, do that i'm like yeah you should be able to do that and good on you but if you feel that way then don't do it absolutely 100 percent. that's good you feel a certain way and you're you know you're putting your money where your mouth is good yeah good no no i i totally agree with you so you know 
Um, that was our that was our controversial section of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> but how does that relate to voiceover? Well, because there's voiceover in Ghostbusters. <laughs> no, it relates to voiceover because there are still people within the industry who, you know, we don't talk about anymore. Oh, so, right, but, right, right. But, but well, I mean, we won't like, get too into that, but I know yeah. what kind of stuff you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, so, that's a hot. That's a hot topic. Yeah, that's and I'm not touching that. I'm not mentioning no. any names. They know who they are. They know who they are. <laughs> Killed Although, it. You know what I? You know what I will say though. I will say, and then we'll we'll move on to something else though. I have seen. It's very strange with the counterculture. I've seen a few posts that I've done, um, where and I'm going to be very non-specific with this, but where people comment about someone else in the video and then try to. Um, put that negativity on like every, like this person's this way. I wonder if they're all this way. And I've seen that kind of get a little bit of weird traction, but only in a small group and then kind of die out. But I've watched how quickly people uh, in like comments get like the slightest bit of information. Even people who say like, I don't really know, but I heard, and it's amazing to see like 10 or 20 or, you know, 30 people be satisfied with, I didn't hear it myself, but I heard. And they start jumping on that and you go like, and then you're not even talking about the same person. You're now talking about anybody who just happens to be in that picture or video. So it is a kind of a weird, it is kind of a weird thing right now. Like this like weird guilt by association, like anybody you've ever been with or that you work with or that, you know, like somehow you're, there's a little bit of that, like somehow you're responsible for that where well, you don't even know it. You know, it's not even like people introduce themselves and go, Hey, and this is what I do. And this is how I feel. And are you still want to work with me? Like we don't really have those choices and neither does everyone else in life. You know, what their boss does or their, you know, colleagues do. It's like, I, I don't even know it, let alone am I making choices on it. So it is a, it is a weird thing right now. I mean, I, I have seen things to get traction with no evidence, no proof. And you're just like, what the hell? Why are you pulling me into this? Like, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. No, I, it's so crazy you mentioned that because I saw that on Twitter like recently where someone was like, oh, why are you supporting this person when they right. did this thing? And they're like. They just like fan art. What's the big deal? Like, I don't, what? And you, but you may have a point about that person. I mean, and I'm, I don't know who you're talking about. So this is random talk. So please, if you're listening, don't assign this to anyone in particular, because I am absolutely not talking about anyone. I'm talking about the culture where it is. It's, they just immediately like want to jump on stuff. And it's like, uh, I don't even know what you're talking about. So use all that great energy you have, because it's usually for a good cause in the sense that people are sticking up for something that's happened that shouldn't have happened <clears throat> that, you know, we frown on in general, but it's like point that, you know, that energy that you have in the right direction and stop the people that are actually doing what you're talking about. Don't just ascribe it to anybody who's near that person. It's like, Whoa, like, that's awesome. You're you fight the good fight, but target it correctly. Cause it's such all that wasted energy. It's like, Oh man, I'm with you. Uh, but why are you pointing it this way? Like, I, <laughs> that doesn't describe me at all. No, it, it, it was it was a post complaining about someone who didn't even who, complaining about a storyboard artist who didn't who didn't even work on the show anymore. And I'm like, why? Why are you putting attention to this? And why are right. you why are you saying don't well, watch the show? No why are you why there. are you telling uh, people don't watch the <laughs> show when the person who you have a problem with doesn't even work on the show anymore? Right, right, right. Yeah. Weird times. I tell you, the internet, it's uh, good and it's bad. There's, <laughs> there's, you can use it for good or you can use it for evil. So uh, use it for good, folks. 
best you can, lest it be turned on you. But I mean, you know, do you ever feel like, you know, speaking of the internet, do you ever feel like, you know, you're slowly turning into, I mean, not, not you personally, but like, right. uh, you know, online presence in general is slowly turning into a brand name and we have to protect the brand name and what have you? Uh, a little bit. And uh, and I tell you, it, uh, I'm torn. It's a weird thing, you know. Um, I mean, I think the... You know, the real solution <clears throat> is maybe to have two, you know, two Twitter pages and two Instagram pages. And but the only problem is, you know, I mean, unless you're going to be 100 percent private and not let people allow people to follow you without approval. I don't know. It's just hard because sometimes you want to speak your mind. Sometimes there might be something happening uh, socially that you want to make a comment on. And uh, it, it is a weird feeling to feel like, you know, my hands are tied like. I shouldn't say this because um, it's going to ruffle some feathers, you know? I mean, it's a shame to have to, you know what I mean? It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. It's not like you're worried about like losing followers, but like, you don't. I don't know. You know, it's that kind of dance monkey dance thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know I'm an entertainer um, by trade. I do voiceover and, uh, and every once in a while I might say something a little serious in a post or whatever. And I know there are always going to be people that are like, you know, just, just do your characters, you know, don't, you know, you don't get an opinion. And if you do have one, for God's sakes, don't share it with us. And it, it is kind of a weird thing. And you get support, too. But I don't know. It's, it's just a, it's a weird thing to feel imprisoned by that because you're like, well, I'd like to on occasion be able to speak my mind to some degree. Um, I give you 95%, you know, hey, I'm going to be at this convention and uh, check this out. I just worked on that. And here's a clip from this. And here's a picture of this character. And I'm doing a signing or a whatever I mean, that's going to be the majority of it, but uh, it does feel weird to feel like I can't, I can't speak my mind because I don't want to piss some people off. You know, it's, it's a weird thing. Most people have their page and they can say whatever they want and they may or may not piss people off, but it's, it's irrelevant. But uh, if you feel connected to your characters or connected to a brand or that you represent the companies that hire you, which all of us, I think, increasingly are having to feel a little more like that. I definitely have, you know, my, the opinions on my page or my own on, on all my pages you know, or something similar to that. Um, and I would never, I never do political opinions as characters, which people ask. People are asking that all the time. And, and so far, most people seem to understand that people go, hey, can you promote whatever, whatever opinion with this character? And I always say no, because I don't own that character. So I personally might be for what you're for, but... It, it, it's it's wrong for me to decide that this character I voice is going to, you know, back up your life choice publicly. You know what I mean? That's just, that's not right for me to do that. So it's not my character. I should, uh, you know. No, because I remember when I had um, Roger Craig Smith on the show, we talked about mm -hmm. social media and he said that, you know, he's very careful about, what he posts on social media because he knows like there's a lot of kids following me and I don't right, want, yeah. you know, I don't want to give the impression that, you know, I'm, I'm something that I'm not. And, you know, he sometimes looks at other people and he's like, do you, know, do you ever worry about like, you know, kids following you and seeing this, some of the stuff you post? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good, that's a good argument because it's like, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't be passionate about politics or what have you. At the end of the day, you know, you have the right to post what you ever what you want to post. But at the same time, it's like, you know, understand that, you know, you you reach a wider audience 
because of because of your yeah. work. So sometimes people follow you for Hawk Moth, and then they end up like seeing a political tweet or whatever, and they have to ask their parents like, well, "What what does that mean, mommy?" or what what have you? Right? You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I I I understand it on both sides because I understand not wanting to be stifled. I understand wanting to use your platform to speak your opinion and making people you know rise or fall with you. You know what I mean? Either leave and be like screw you, or or go, huh? Let me find out more about that, or I agree, or even if I disagree, like okay we disagree on this, but I still like this and that, and I don't have to hate you over it. So I understand that. I don't do a lot of it. I do it very seldom. And the times I do it are times where something is pushing me. Like I really should say something. And I try not to go too far with it, but even those, I, I, I did one semi recently and I sort of regretted it afterwards. I didn't regret what I said. I just saw everybody like take what I said and make it mean 50 different things. And I never, and it went crazy. And then I was like, I don't even, I didn't even comment back on anything. Cause I was like, I, I'm not trying to get into it. I just put something out there, but I, but, but people who followed me were fighting, you know what I mean? And cursing at each other. And then I was just like, you know, I, was that worth it? Was I right to do it? Yeah. Because I can do whatever I want. Just like, you know, just cause I'm an actor, I still have the, you know, I shouldn't lose my right to, cause I know people go, you're an actor, just act, you know, as if you could say that to anybody, you know what I mean? <clears throat> You know, if you're not a politician, it's like, no, we can comment about anything. We can all, you don't have to be a football player to comment on the game last night. Um, it's fine. But, uh, but, but, but I do question it because I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't want people to, you know, go back and forth. At the same time, you do set an example by just saying, you know, hey, I have an opinion on this. Don't hate you if you think otherwise. But here's where I'm at because it sometimes forces people to expand I don't know, man. I like Keith and Keith thinks this, even if I don't agree with him, maybe, maybe there's something to that. Not that I'm not saying he's right, but you know what I mean? Like somebody I respect has an opposite opinion than me, you know, and I, and I try to do the same and realize people are in different places and I don't know what information everybody has. People have different information. People are surrounded by different people. These are very polarizing times. So I personally try to, I'm trying to do it less and less and less just because the feeling I get afterwards usually doesn't outweigh, you know, I get a negative feeling afterwards if people are all arguing and bickering, you know, thanks to something I put up there versus the, uh, the feeling of needing to speak. Like one is just starting to outweigh the other a little bit more. So, so I, I feel you, but I do understand if you're passionate about something and you want to speak on it, you should be able to use your platform to do that too. You shouldn't be silenced. But of course, people have the right to go. I'm not going to follow you anymore. And you'd be surprised how quickly some people do that with the most subtle of comments and opinions. Sometimes people are like, you know, really angry and are like, I'm not following you anymore. And you're like, wow, wow. <laughs> it's, I've been pretty shocked with some people. Not that it matters. You go, well, you know, well, good riddance. I mean, that's your choice. But uh, especially when it's something real subtle that you're like, whoa, I did not think I was. I wasn't saying anything controversial here, so whatever. It's a trip. Yeah, no, social media isn't it great? <laughs> it's it, it's it's great and it's horrible. It's uh, it's it's amazing, uh, but it's very powerful. It's a very 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 powerful uh, medium. So I, I, it's you know, it's it's scary sometimes. It really is. Um, so learning to navigate—that's the other thing too. We're all learning to navigate it. You know, we just are. I mean, those of us that. Uh, have more people following some of us i mean are i don't know for me i'm just saying like i you know i 
it's a trip. It, it's really weird. And it's, it's hard to learn to navigate and what's right. And I've, I've put things up that have been misunderstood that I didn't mean anything bad by. And I've pulled them down because it's, because I'm like, more people are misunderstanding that. And I don't want to go into a long explanation. It is easier just to pull that sucker and, uh, and it's gone and nobody's talking about it anymore. Uh, so it's a weird, it's a weird thing to have to do that sometimes. Cause it's not like your friends where you just go, Hey, let me, let me explain. Hey, Hey, here's what I mean. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I get you now. You know, people run with it and you're like, Oh God, just kill it. Just kill it. It's gone. Yeah. And I also find it like, you know, really disheartening seeing people attack voice actors for, you know, stuff that they have no control over, like a certain role or a character dying or something like that. I'm like, come on guys, really? Yeah, that's that's really a shame, but I'm not even sure what's <clears throat> to blame on that because that's, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, every people are at different places and people have different understandings and, and, and I'm sure there are those out there that can't differentiate us from our characters, but I mean, that's, that's to such a degree where people, because I know, I know people have gotten like death threats and stuff and it's like, I, you know, there are people out there who, who, who don't understand a lot of things and that, that one's a shame that they would get violent or, or even threaten violence for something like that, like that, you know, something my character does. I don't have a choice. I don't even get to say, hey guys, I don't think this is a good idea. I'm like, no, that's, that we've written this. That's what happens. That's the end of the game. That's what needs to happen. You know, it's not on us to go, you know, well, I quit. I mean, literally, you, you would be throwing away your career that you just spent, you know, six months on a character. And on the last, you know, four days, you're like, I'm not doing this unless you change the script. Uh, you know, and then just for a weird reason, just because you don't like where it's going. It's not that it's offensive. It's just, no, I don't want my character to die. Sorry. Or I don't want my character to kill this character. Like, yeah, that's what happens, dude. Uh, we just hired you to do this. So, yeah, we have no control over that. But, you know, that's what happens when you have a, a, a sort of a direct line to, you know, a voice actor that plays all these characters is that, you know, you can publicly, you know, threaten them or argue with them or yell at them or just like you can also compliment them and, and say, I really enjoyed your performance in XYZ. So, you know, it's a double edged sword for for sure, because you have direct access potentially to anybody out there. You have direct access to the president of the United States, potentially, you know, by tweeting back to them or whatever. That's new. <laughs> well, I mean, that's <laughs> why history. I, that's why I envy voice actors or anyone or any public figure that doesn't that isn't on social media. I'm like, you guys, you guys got it figured out. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that argument, too. I get people. I it's so useful in the industry and parts of the industry uh, encourage it. And uh, I think we're, I think we're moving into a new era of um, actors, voice actors, <clears throat> getting more acknowledgement. I mean, things like we talked about Genshin Impact, like, and that's not the only game that within the game tells you the, the voice actor who's playing the role. So, uh, you know, a lot more games now are saying, hey, we're releasing the game next week. Here's some social media. Here's some things you could say about it. He, you know, I mean, here's like a picture. Here's a here's some uh, video. Here's a trailer. Please post this. Say something like this. You know what I mean? So, in, in, more and more often, we're representing the game more than just doing the job and walking away. We're promoting it. We're uh, you know representing it at then at conven conventions at during uh, you know at panels or uh, at, on interviews or on cameo, and it's a. Uh, so I think 
there's going to be more and more of a connection where the, the companies, the game companies, the show companies are going to, um, you know, work a little closer with us, you know, even for post you know, stuff, you know, it's out, let's promote it together. Let's this. And that's been happening with on-camera actors forever. You know, they do the circuit obviously, and they go do the, you know, tonight show and the late show and, you know, uh, to promote it and all the morning shows and, you know, we're, we're not at that point, but you know, we're doing the same stuff on social media. And I think more and more companies are taking note and going, Oh, we can use that. We can advertise Keith Silverstein is going to be in this game. Keith Silverstein is in this game. Keith Silverstein was in this game and here's what he has to say about it, you know, and they're starting to utilize that a little bit and it can, it can work to both of our, you know, advantages. Um, but you know, but it's a different age. And I think we're seeing more of that. And I think, uh, I think maybe some of those things with, you know, putting political stuff and whatever, like some of that stuff may, I don't know, we may get pressure from, you know, companies to not do those things in different ways. And then it's just, it's just interesting. I don't know. And, and not just for voice actors. I'm just saying, you know, you know, on-camera actors have lost their jobs for posting political opinions and things like that. So, um, so clearly, you know, we're being told to some degree, like, Hey, you know, be careful. You know, you make your brand unlikable to too many people, you know, we're not going to want to say so-and-so's in this game show or whatever, you know? So it's definitely out there already. So hopefully we'll work a little more hand in hand with some of these companies to, to get the right, you know, see what they want. And uh, I mean, not that they would control everything we post, but, you know, but at least representing their game or their characters in a way that they're, they're proud of, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've said this before in previous episodes, but I'm someone who is not a fan of social media. And the only reason I have it is because, you know, I want to promote, you know, there's this thing I do. And if yeah. I didn't have to promote this, <laughs> then I wouldn't be on social media. Cause I'm like, I, I, that, I there's no point in it. Like, <laughs> like wow. just, yeah, you're pretty, you're pretty against it then. I mean, I, I like lots of aspects of it, being able to just post something and have the whole family can see, I mean, just even just in that, in that zone of just like family stuff on Facebook and, or whatever you're using. But I mean, you know, just to see what your, your childhood friends are doing, or, I mean, all that stuff can be really pretty innocuous, pretty chill and just, uh, just really cool to be able to go, Oh, what's so-and-so doing without having to pick up the phone or maybe some of those people we don't even have their numbers for, but we still can follow them and, and see that they're doing well and they've got a family and Oh, they got that new job and, but uh, it's when it gets complicated, you know, I know what you I mean, I know the stuff that stresses me out with it. It's not it's not, you know, seeing pictures of your aunt, you know, at uh, so and so's bat mitzvah or whatever. Like those are like, oh, that's cool. That's the positive stuff. No, but uh, but I mean, you know, for, for me, it's just I don't see a point in it for me because it's like, you know, I, I you know, most of the people I talk to aren't on social media and mm. And it's like, you know, if I want to get in contact with someone, I can just email them. You know, email is still yeah. a thing, you know, even though yeah. a lot of people keep ignoring the fact that, that email is still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't, depending on what you do for a living, you don't need, <clears throat> you don't need social media. It's not a need. And if it's, I think for anybody, if it's providing more stress than it is productivity, then uh, you should probably cut down, cut back or cut it out completely. You know, it just depends. It's, it's all about the person. I would never encourage somebody like you. You got to be on it. You have to. No, you don't need it. You know, if you're happy, you're happy. You know, you don't get bogged down in all that stuff unless you need to. And, and, and if it ever gets too stressful for me, I will at least at minimum take a break. 
and be like, guys, I'm going to disappear for like three weeks because I do it now, but I just do it for short periods of time. I mean, a lot of my colleagues are like every day with these posts and stuff. I mean, constantly. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just, I'm more just blown away. Like, how do you keep providing, like, especially on like TikTok, how do you keep making content like that? Like, don't, I'm always like, don't you wait, you work, you have friends, you have family, like what? Woo. Like, it's such a commitment. And I actually admire those that can. I don't, I don't have the time. And I, I don't mean to say like, I'm busier than other people. It's just how you budget your time. So maybe on my free time, I'm, I'm doing more family stuff. Maybe other, some other people don't have kids. I mean, who knows? It's not a judgment thing. It's just a matter of like, I can't do that personally. So if it gets too stressful and I'm like, oh, I got to post something. I don't know what to post. Then I'm like, you know what? I can skip a, a weekend. I can skip, you know, I'll put the next announcement up when that comes. I, I don't stress myself out over it. Like over, what am I going to do? It's Tuesday. I haven't posted since Saturday. Like if it's freaking me out or stressing me out, I'm like, oh my God, uh, just walk away. When you have a post, you'll post it. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be online all the time. You can just, nope. you know, you can ha just have a social media page and you just don't even update it. Like, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Look, I don't, I don't usually go more than a, you know, worst is usually like four days, five days, <clears throat> but, um, but whatever works for you, if you love it and you need it or you're great at it or you feel that it's important. But if, I'm just saying, if it gets to the point where it's stressing you out, my goodness, take a day off. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. And I see other actors doing that, going, taking little breaks here and there. And I'm like, good. You, you know, your sanity uh, and your health is far more and your family, your friends, all of that is far more important than, uh, you know, making sure you, you do 20 posts a week or whatever your number is that you're trying to achieve. I, at least I, I mean, obviously that's my opinion, but, uh, and I like, I like social media, but I, but I think if you let the pressures of it, if you make it a, a pressure situation, like I can't even, there's so much, there's so many other stresses in life just already without putting a lot of pressure on, Oh my God, ah, I haven't posted on Facebook in, uh, you know, it's, there's plenty more to worry about. I mean, you're already shackled with a lot of stuff. You don't need another shackle, you know? <laughs> I, I totally agree. So if it works for you, I'm like, yeah, what a great tool. If it's driving you crazy, like, mm, like anything that's driving you crazy, can you step back from it? You should. I mean, that's why I take breaks sometimes. Like I'll, you know, I'll post sometimes, you know, there'll be days where I'm, you know, posting and keeping my Twitter updated. And then there are days where I just like stop everything and I'm, I'm fine with it because it's like, hey. Right. You know, sometimes Twitter can be really stressful. I'm like, okay, I'm, I just, I'm not going to post today. You know, yeah. I'm not going to bother with it. Yeah. I and sometimes it's like, like, I have all these thoughts that I want to get out there, you know, go for it. Right. You got to get them out there, get them out. I know it, it, TikTok's funny because I joined TikTok not, not that long ago. And I mostly put up, <clears throat> for the most part, like, you know, videos and stuff that uh, I had already done, you know, but they just hadn't been on, on TikTok. And that was cool, but you know, because of, you know, still with COVID, I'm not out as much. I'm not running into a lot of actors as much. There's not as many opportunities to like film funny things with people or interesting things or for me, just for me. Um, but I can't stress over that. And, uh, and TikTok's not really set up to like put up a photo. You know, it's all got to be like a little, I mean, you could put up a photo, but I'm saying nobody cares. You know, you can't just put a little, like a tweet. You can't just make a comment. Um, so it's a little more demanding. Like you need like video <laughs> material to keep putting up. So I'm like, that one sits for a while because I'm like, I'm not going to stress over that. Um, but when I have a fun, like 
convention announcement video that I'm making anyway, I would totally put that up on TikTok. You bet. You got it. Um, the people that, like I said, who are doing that daily, it's like I, I, I admire the amount of time and energy that they put in because some people work really hard to be a social media presence. It's like a job. And I'm like, I can't have an extra job, but I, I will be somewhat present on there. You know, so I can advertise things, promote things and, you know, and I enjoy it. And I enjoy some of the relationships I have with uh, people I don't actually know. You know, some of them, there are some people who are, I keep it real, but at least so far have been very cool, supportive, nice, and right back at them. Now, you know, it's always interesting when you don't know somebody and that's never been tested. I could post something someday and one of those people that I'm like, oh, they seem really cool and I like them could just be like, I hate you and say the worst things because... It's not like people in real life that you know and you've already fought with that friend and you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know what they're going to do when they're mad. I don't know. I don't know if, if I'm going to get people turning on me at one point, but, uh, but, but so far, and not everyone, but, you know, there are some people that you're like, oh, that's cool. How nice of them. That was a nice thing to say. Or they're very supportive. They're always commenting on stuff. And that goes for actors, too, that I know. Like, certain colleagues of mine will comment on a lot of stuff and be very supportive, and I, I, I try to do that back. And other people you know, we'll never comment on anything, uh, which is not a bad thing, you know, but it's just interesting. It's just, it's, it's interesting to see how that works, to see who's like, is, like I said, supportive. And I don't hold it against those who never gave me ever a light. I don't even know who they are. I just know certain people, you know, all the time are commenting. You're like, that's awesome. How cool. Sometimes it's surprising who it is. You're like, oh, that's really nice of them. Yeah. I mean, especially if it's like, other cast members that you don't get to see that often, you know, commenting and saying nice things like, yeah, cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, it's, it's just interesting to see, you know, <clears throat> you know, the, like we're talking about social media is different for everybody. So there are people who use social media. They never comment on anything. They just don't. Um, that doesn't mean they don't like you. <laughs> it doesn't mean, you know what I mean? They're not supportive. It just means they're just like, that's just the way they use social media. It's a tool. And other people like, like everything, no matter what, even if they don't really like it. So, you know, you can't ever judge people for that. So that's not what I'm, I'm not. Hopefully that what I said was not read that way. Like it matters to me who, but it's interesting to see certain people that, you know, they're not necessarily your best friend. You work with them every now and then, but you're like, you know what? They're super cool on Instagram. Like, I really like that. We have an Instagram relationship, you know, where we support each other there. And that's kind of a cool thing. And then when I see them and work with them, I'm like, you know what? We have a little more of a bond because, you know, it's like, yeah, you know. We comment on each other's stuff and we've been supporting each other, man. How you been? You good? You do still doing cons? What's happening? How did that other one go? You know, it's nice. Who's who are some of your favorite people that you ever worked with? Who are some of my favorite people that I've ever worked with? Oh God, I like working with people so much. Let's see who just makes me. Um uh Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, uh Kirk Thornton. Oh my god, I'm gonna start naming names and there's gonna be so many people. Uh, it, 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 I always hate doing that because then there's there's inevitably people you like leave out and you're like, well, no, I love working with that person too. Um, there's there's there really are a ton, but I don't, you know, if I list too many, then I feel like, you know, uh, I'm missing some some people. We had I worked on a show years ago called uh, Monsuno, and we had just such a great cast on that, and uh, Christopher Smith and Cam Clark and Karen Strassman and myself uh, i said kirk thornton right um you know i just there's a lot of people that I enjoy working with for different reasons there's directors that are just fun to work with or 
have a really good energy about them. And it can be all kinds of different energies too, by the way. I, I kind of, I like a lot of different directors and a lot of different actors for different reasons. You know, there's actually very few people that I work with that I'm like, ah, crap. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very small list. Um, I like a lot of people for a lot of different, different reasons. But, uh, but I like directors mainly that um, make me feel really or help me feel really comfortable to uh, play so that I can be in a good zone. So if I have an idea, I'm like, oh, let me, can I try something? You know what I mean? And I, I'm, I, I'm not backing down and I'm not feeling like I just do your thing and don't say too much. Like, I don't want to feel like that. I want to feel like I can play <clears throat> within reason, of course. And I'm not <laughs> unreasonable. Like we can move on. But uh, yeah. And some people I just super respect and I was just like, it's just a treat to get to watch them, you know, Darren DePaul and Steve Bloom. I mean, there's so many people that I just enjoy. Like, ah, it's so cool. Liam O'Brien is uh, somebody I think is like really talented. I always love everything he does. And I don't know, there's, there's, there's some, I mean, I could, you know, it's one of those things when you start that list, where do you stop? Especially if you really honestly would have like an incredibly long list. And then who did you leave out? Oops. <laughs> and they listen. They're like, that son of a bitch. No, you would have been there too. I just ran out of, oh man. That's why I always yeah. joke. That's why I always joke whenever someone, whenever I ask someone like, who is your favorite person to work with? And I always bring up like one of my friends and they're like, well, of course he's great. Come on. <laughs> you know, I just forgot yeah, about yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean. Yeah, there's there's just there's a there's just a ton there's a ton of people and for so many different reasons. And right now, I mean, to actually physically work with almost anybody would be great because so much of it is now remote. <clears throat> um, but but there are definitely a, a ton of people. And if I if I'm comfortable and um, I mean that's that's the main thing. And then some people are just really quick witted and have just really great ideas, just instantaneously and real supportive and uh, you know put you in that correct zone and. Sometimes it's just the talent. You're just like, wow, you know, but, but, but mostly I like to, I like to have a good time and, and feel comfortable. Even if it's hard work, I don't mind being pushed. I, I like that. Um, as long as it's, you know, it pushed in a comfortable way, which, which most people, you know, most directors will do that. Um, you know what I mean? Like I like to, I like to be pushed. I, I don't mind doing multiple takes. I don't, I, I love if people have different ideas, but uh but if I feel, you know, I feel like I'm acting and I'm making choices and, uh, you know, that that's fun. That's enjoyable. Not just like repeating, like, okay, fine, just tell me how to say it because that's what you're doing anyway. <laughs> that's that's not as fun. All your creativity goes out. I don't mind a line read here or there. I really don't. But uh, every once in a while you get a director that just wants to tell you how to say lines as an example. And uh, that stifles your creativity very quickly, very quickly up and at them <laughs> up and at them <laughs> <laughs> yes no but it just does it's uh and 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 again i don't mind i mean i really don't mind a few lines sometimes that's the best way to get the direction across sometimes it's the only way to get the direction across um so i i respect that but you know you don't i you don't want to use it as a crutch i i would think as a director to where it's like a, a constant thing because then you're like oh man you know great you don't want to be like orson wells in the frozen piece outtakes <laughs> no you don't want to well i've never you know i'll never get angry like that but 
uh, I try to even the worst sessions I've had where whatever was going on and I was just hating it. Like I've never, I've never like gotten angry or been like, I don't know, said anything that I would consider even remotely inappropriate. You know what I mean? Not even like, well, if you just let me act, you know, like nothing. I've never, I don't, I don't know where that would get me. <laughs> I don't know how that would help. Um, I'd always be afraid. Like I would be second guessing that for the, the rest of my career. Like, Oh man, you know, they were probably having a bad day and they didn't even realize they were doing it. And then I was having a bad day. And did I jump? Did I say that too soon? I shouldn't have. Right. Oh, they only, how many times did they, they only gave me five line reads. I'm sure it was fun. You know? So that's just part of the job is, uh, doing your thing just knowing you know they're they're the director or the or it doesn't have to be the director by the way it could be the clients or the producers that are in there too you could have 20 different opinions because so many different clients are in there all meeting and saying oh do it this way do it this way i want them to do it this way you know and that's our job so i'm not going to get mad at that that's just part of it i mean there's never going to be a point where you read something and you're like yeah this is a load of crap you know that right (laughs) (laughs) no 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 i mean listen uh, i mean there are things i would refuse to do there might be projects i say uh, oh that no i don't want to like i respect that for people you know whether it's a commercial you're like i don't want to do an ad for whatever for whatever reason i don't want to do a cigarette ad because you know you know too many people i know died from lung cancer you know what any whatever your decision is like but uh but yeah just because it's bad like yeah this is crappy writing like that just you just do it. That's not that's not our job to to do that. And it's not fair because there may be a, a dozen rewrites that they're going to bring you back in on later and you're going to get more work anyway. So don't blow that shot by telling the writer that it's crap. Also, don't be that person who's like, well, I've played this character before and he would never say this. <laughs> yeah, OK. <laughs> OK, buddy. OK. Well, there are times, though. I, I mean, I, I know what you're saying, and I would agree probably 99 percent of the time. But uh but uh, you'd be surprised sometimes on some productions uh, how, how little the director may know about. Maybe it's a franchise or something. And they may ask you to do something with the character. Now, I'll still do it. But I will voice it in a nice way if that's completely out of the character. You know what I mean? I don't own the character. So if, they're gonna, if they insist on it, it's kind of my job to do it uh, how they want me to do it. But, uh, but I'll say something in a nice way. Because yeah, who knows? Uh, sometimes they don't even realize you're a returning character. You know what I mean? If there's, a, I don't want to use any examples, but sometimes you're returning on something, and they're just like, "Okay, you're playing this guy. This is who it is." Blah blah blah. You know, they don't even realize. So then they're like, "Hey, can we change this guy's name?" Or no, no, we can't change the name. I like the name sounds silly to you. You know, uh, we can't, but because uh, this is a returning character, <laughs> so you never know. Um, anyway, uh, I got to get going. So this is <laughs> hate to cut this short, <laughs> but I don't uh, think we're short at all. I think we just <laughs> wrapped for a long time about whatever, whatever we were talking about. No, I just, I just really loved it, man. I, I just love having conversations like these because God knows we need more of these these days. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I think we just had a, uh, I mean, it was just a conversation, which was kind of cool. And I appreciate that it wasn't all just, it was, when'd you get started? How'd you this? And, uh, I don't mind those, but, uh, it was nice that we just chatted. I, I hope people will, in, I hope y'all, everybody listening, you enjoyed that we were just being real and chatting. Uh, I will never listen to this because I will be like, oh, God, <laughs> why were you being real and chatting? Oh, Keith, you, how would you do that? That's so embarrassing. Oh, my God. So, 
So you guys enjoy it for me because <laughs> I'll never listen to this. <laughs> no disrespect. It's all because of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, before we get going, can you tell us, give us a little hint of what you're currently working on and where can people find you online? Oh, I feel like everything I'm working on, if you don't already know I'm working on it, uh, it's probably secret right now. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, I was working on, uh, you know, Miraculous, Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir. And uh, there's talk about an Overwatch 2. Uh, I don't think I'm, uh, you know, that's brand new news. Um, you know, and there's a, a little game called Genshin Impact <laughs> that people are enjoying. Um, you guys can follow me. I'm at uh, Twitter at Silver Talkie. Um, Keith Silverstein, voice artist on uh, Instagram. Think uh, something, something Keith Silverstein, something or other on TikTok. If you put in Keith Silverstein, you'll find me on any of those. Um, what else? I got some cons coming. You said this is going to air in December, so I will have I will have already done the uh, LA Comic Con uh, Avox connection that's coming up this weekend. But uh, in 2022, I've got a couple of cons that are announced already. There's Anime Milwaukee, and there is um, uh, WeebCon, which is in I think Allen, Texas, if I remember correctly. Those are coming up in the first couple months of next year, and those have been announced, so I can mention those. And they'll be coming up for those of you listening. So if you're in the area, please come by and say hi. All right. Thanks so much for taking the time up to do this. This has been a lot of fun. And if you ever want to come back, you, you know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> Not on social media because you hate it. <laughs> you know, I say that, but, you know, the, the I, I get, like, really excited whenever someone I have on the show follows me back. So... There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then you then you remind yourself, what am I doing? I hate this. Arr! But it's cool that they followed me all the same. <laughs> hey, man, I'm not going to complain. I mean, David K follows me on Twitter and, you know, he he's my Megatron. So there you go. I can't complain uh, about that. Ah, super cool. I like that. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, take care. Have a, you know, stay safe and uh, see you. See you in the future, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You take care of yourself, too. This has been a pleasure. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.